Good morning. It is a pleasure to welcome you here in the house and also online. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here at Stony Brook United Methodist Church. On behalf of our associate pastor, the Reverend Jennifer Casey, who's completing her vacation and will be back in the office tomorrow, and our senior pastor and preacher of the day, Reverend Mary Jo Yakel, I am pleased to greet you and welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. A couple of announcements for you this morning. There is still time for you to make your Easter offering if you've not yet done that. Uh, it is, we'll be going to uh, one of our partner ministry, ministry of partners rather, it's Grace Haven. It's an outreach ministry to individuals caught in the horrible trap of human trafficking. So you can still make your Easter offering. We appreciate your generosity. Today we'll be celebrating the Sacrament of Holy Communion, so if you're watching online, uh, you have a few moments to get yourself some bread and juice for the sacrament later in the service. Our Spring Community Enrichment Series will be Sunday, April 18th, featuring Professor Isaac Weiner. Will you watch this video announcement for some more information? Hello? Is this on? Am I muted? C can you hear me? How about now? Hello? Does that sound familiar? Is that what any of your church services have sounded like over the last year? My name is Isaac Weiner, and I'm an associate professor of religious studies at Ohio State University. Please join me on Sunday, April 18th at 2 p.m. when I'll be talking about how COVID has transformed the sounds of American religious life. For the past year, my research team has collected hundreds of audio recordings from across the country, documenting some of the ways Americans have adapted their religious practices during this time of global pandemic. In my presentation, I'll share some examples with you and discuss what they tell us about shifting notions of religious authority and community. I'll also let you know about some ways you can get involved in our work yourself. So please join me at 2 p.m. on April 18th I hope to see you there.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, it is your will to restore all things to Christ, whom you have appointed priest forever and ruler of creation. Grant that all people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united under the glorious and gentle rule of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Will you stand if you are able and sing in your hearts as Melanie leads us in a medley of songs about King Jesus. may be seated. In the growing up household of Pastor Mary Jo, there were some nights where mom disappeared. This was kind of odd in the tone of those days where mom was gone and dad was home. Dad was always gone and mom was always home. But I knew that on the nights that she was gone, the women were meeting. I remember names like the Ladies' Aid Society. Yep. I remember the names the WSCS. Yeah? And now we are the United Methodist Women. We have a special moment that is a tradition here at Stony Brook where the United Methodist Women provide and take a moment to give thanks to the way that God creates some individuals and how they live into their faith, particularly through the organization of the United Methodist Women. Let me say it loud and let me say it clear. I believe one of the primary reasons why women are fully ordained, fully welcomed, fully a part of the leadership of the church is because the women in the United Methodist Women and their predecessors made sure that they were available to God's call. Amen? Would you see this video? This month, we celebrate the 60th anniversary of the founding of the Stony Brook chapter of the Women's Society of Christian Service. Though our name has changed to United Methodist Women, 
Sixty years later, we still actively support mission work in Gahanna, across the United States, and worldwide. We're proud of that. Today, we would like to recognize the woman who is responsible for the organization of this chapter, Donna Rowe. Donna not only got the chapter organized and chartered, she served as its first president and again as its 14th president. She also has served in probably every other capacity that there is. Donna, we are thankful for your leadership, your dedication, and your faithfulness over these 60 years. The Stony Brook UMW is recognizing you with a certificate, a pen, and some flowers presented by Liz Dillon. In addition, a special gift to missions has been made in recognition of your service. We cherish you. Thank you. Again, it's always a joy to um, remember the work our United Methodist women do among us, and Donna truly has been uh, an outstanding leader. Um, Donna is able to receive cards and calls, and so I'm sure she would appreciate getting some notes of thanks and congratulation for this fine achievement. I hope that you'll get, send Donna a note this week. Will you pause with me now for a moment of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we come before you this day aware of our sin and our need for, of your forgiveness. It is so easy for us to delude ourselves into thinking that we deserve your attention, grace, and love because of the good things we have done or the nice way we live our lives. It is our nature to try to pile up credits and good deeds to, to barter for your goodwill and blessing. But when push comes to shove, we see all the things we carry in our hands and hearts to try to buy your blessing are nothing but filthy rags. And that all we need is the love and the grace of King Jesus alone. The Easter miracle is, is still hard for us to live into sometimes. Resurrection is such a foreign hope in this earthbound reality of our day-to-day -day existence and yet you reach out to us with hope that is eternal and offer a joy that has no measure through the life death and glorious resurrection of Jesus so with abandon we throw aside all our pretenses and fall into your arms of grace and ask for your healing and restoration it is still a wonderment to us all that despite the ways we fall short and have sinned, you love us and desire to bring us into your eternal kingdom in that final resurrection and into the new life you were creating among us by faith in Jesus, our Lord and Savior and King. So help us to keep our eyes on the prize. Give us patience to trust your forgiveness and your love. Make us strong to witness to the saving grace you lavish upon us and upon all who believe. Tune our hearts to sing your praises and to live lives of gratitude and joy for the wonder of your redeeming love and resurrection power. It is with gratitude that we bow before you with thanksgiving in our hearts for all the gifts that you shower upon us for home, health, food, clothing, for relationships with loved ones and friends, meaningful work, joy, and beauty in the natural order, for your calming presence in the midst of times of stress and darkness, for your patient love when we try and fail again and again, for your strong arm of protection for the values, commandments, and blessings that shape our journey and guard our path. Thank you, gracious Lord. Relying on the truth of the scripture, we call upon you now for the needs of our community and of the world. We lift the sick and suffering of our community, Lord. We pray for all who are struggling with this lingering pandemic. Send a healing balm to our streets to stop the killing and help us to learn how to use other tools to settle disagreements and arguments besides guns.
Today we ask your special blessing on Stony Brook Church as we move through this time of transition. Help us all to keep our focus on Jesus. We thank you for the ways that you have been able to help us to make a difference in our community and in the world by using the gifts and talents that you have lavished upon us. In a special way, we thank you for the work of our United Methodist women who over the years have been a leading force in mission education and hands-on service and action. We thank you for the passion and work of Donna Rowe who has literally given herself in service to you, Lord, through the United Methodist women. And now, O oh Lord, we offer ourselves to you for instruction and inspiration through the biblical message and the proclamation of your word. Bless Pastor Mary Jo with words that will stir our hearts and bless our souls. We pray these and all of our prayers in the strong name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen and amen. Melanie Ryan sings for us now. He keeps me singing.
no, I'm not singing. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. There is something that thrills this old pastor's heart. I can say that because I'm old. When somebody who has a gift and then employs it for the encouragement of the people of God. Sing, girl, anytime. Friends, um, it's the second Sunday of Easter. I don't know if you've ever thought about how there are 40 days of Lent and discipline and study and working hard and giving up chocolate. But there's 50 days of doing chocolate. 50 days of the celebration of the resurrection of life. How easy it is to box it into one day and then go on back to work. Friends, do all 50. Do all 50 days. And one of the reasons why we are sharing a communion on this day, the second Sunday of the month, this is out of school. The Sunday after Easter, we don't usually do. It's because we don't usually do it that we're doing it. Because this is a beautiful day to say yes to Jesus. We're in it with you. We're ready to be with you, and we are going to press on with you. Amen? Friends, uh, we have given thanks for the way in which the gospel reveals to us the word. We are returning to the letter written to, by Paul to the Philippians. We're going to pick up with the third chapter in the first verse, and we're going to plunge into these verses to encourage us to be the people of joy and the bearers of the good news that the Lord has busted death. Amen? Hear these words. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is not troublesome to me, and for you it is a safeguard. Be aware of the dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of those who mutilate the flesh. For it is us who are the circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, even though I too have reason to be confident in the flesh. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, under the law, blameless. Yet... Whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or that I have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because of Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. For the prize of the heavenly call of God is Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant, speak to these, your beloved ones. Lift them that they might press on. In Jesus' name, amen. The reality of education is one of those beautiful gifts that can be given to you. It is no doubt that the United Methodist women and their predecessors and the United Methodist Church and all of its predecessors have been the instigator of the encouragement of education. There is probably not a place you can go to that there isn't some kind of school, some kind of seminary, some kind of college, some kind of institution that wants to empower your mind and it's a great thing. It's a good thing. In fact, if you find yourself feeling called by God to go into the ministry and you start looking at the requirements, the first thing you'll notice is that you have to have a college degree. By the way, a theater degree counts as a college degree. Thank you. But then, that's not the end of the story. You have to get to seminary. You have to go on to probation. And then after you've proven and passed through and been examined, and everybody has bought on and said yes, the moment happens. I remember when I was uh, gifted with the privilege of serving two little churches right out of college. Ellis Hollow and Freeville, upstate New York, where the Catholic Church was the big church. I fell in love with them, and they tolerated me. We had a powerful 14 months together. I fell in love with the ministry, and they had a year with an entity they had never seen before. Yes, their first female that would lead them in worship. It was a wonderful time, and while we were together, I decided, yes, this is what I want to do. Yes, I want to get into the process, so I went and visited seminaries. I went all over the place and visited seminaries. It was great. I did end up picking the one where at 11.30 at night, I roll onto the seminary campus, and there's a guy walking around, and he, he waves, and I slowed down, and he said, which meant roll your window down. It was a few years ago. And I rolled my window down. He goes, would you be Mary Joe?" I said, yes. And he said, we've been looking for you. You got lost, didn't you? <laughs> yes. I spent three years there. Education had always been hard for me. I do not have the kind of mind that fits into the box of education. Grading systems always intimidate me. I can force, I can manage, I can make it work, but I'm always gonna be middle of the road. It's just the reality. I don't mind, it's just me. I picked United Seminary not because of the hospitality that greeted me that very late night, but I picked United Theological Seminary because they did not have a grading system. Their system was pretty easy. Either you're passing it or you ain't. Pass-fail system, woo-hoo! Freedom, bring it on. 
until I got to my first small group meeting that supports you through your entire three years of seminary. It was called core group, and there was a guy in core group who out of the gate was going to tell everybody that this non-grading system was foolish. Well, no, he said stupid, which triggers all my stuff. And I just sat there and went, okay. So he doesn't like the grading system. There was this part of me that wanted to say to him, my friend, it is very obvious that education and its very unique structure has worked for you for the first 12 plus three is 15 years of your education. It did not work for me. Can I have a turn, please? Can you let me and you buy in to a system that doesn't shake your tree, but finally allows me to be me? Well, the good news was that it wasn't long after we got there that they instituted what they called the honor grade. In other words, if you were a real high achiever and liked to get all that right stuff affirmation, you could get an H. My friend in my core group was a happy camper, and he went after the H, and I said, you go. Having a system that allows you for once to finally expand into your fullness is like breathing air for the first time. I came to West Ohio later in my ministry. I was not ordained here. I was not raised up here. Okay, I did seminary here. Then I went back to New York. And when I first decided to transfer, Bishop Edsel Ammons was our bishop. Now, Bishop Ammons had a voice like this, and he ruled with an iron fist. An annual conference went the way he was going to make it happen. But let me tell you, friends, when it came to the moment where he would fix the appointments, in other words, pastor, this is your church. Church, this is your pastor. It's a done deal. Get on with it. He would sit there in annual conference session floor and he would sing about feed my sheep, love my lambs. The very first time I heard it, I sat there and bawled. The second time I heard it, I sat there and bawled. He touched my heart and he touched it every time he did it. And then you know what happened? We got a new bishop. You know, you understand that feeling. We just think we're getting used to that one and, and things change. It's okay, folks. It's okay. And in watched, walked Bishop Judy Craig, and she just was different. And I giggled. I get this one. I loved watching her take so seriously that her job was to help the people of West Ohio Conference do their job as they understood it. That was her goal. Now, I have to tell you something. When it came to the fixing of the appointments, you're mine, I'm yours, we're in this. We had a litany of wonderful words because Bishop Craig was smart. If you're not Bishop Ammons, you're not Bishop Ammons. Be Bishop Craig. The power of her ministry freed me as the power of his ministry freed me. Differently, but freed me. In this scripture text, Paul is struggling with the reality that things are starting to shift. And he's trying real desperately to say, hey, I know how to do it this way. I want to invite you to press on and do it a new way. I want you to understand Jesus' worth as a king in a different way. 
It is incumbent on us to claim where we are and how we are doing in such a way that we are the people of Jesus. I have always struggled with King Jesus. Basically, because somebody lording over me has never worked for me. It has always been something that has set my teeth on edge. I didn't like it when my mother did it, and I certainly didn't like it when my siblings did it, and I didn't like it when my fifth grade teacher taught me about the uh, prejudice of the North and the South, personally making sure that I knew that I was out didn't like it. But here it was. And then I ran into teaching Bible study where God says, you don't want a king. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We called King Jesus all the time. You don't want a king. How do we get these together? And we do it by claiming the power of king as Jesus claimed the power of king. Do you remember? Do you remember how in John 15 it says, I do not call you servants any longer because the servants do not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. If we're going to do king like Jesus kinged, then we're going to be servants of, with Jesus. If we're going to do the kingdom as Jesus does the kingdom, then we're going to wash feet and walk with each other. If we're going to love as Jesus loved, then we're going to sit with the least and the last and the lost. If we're going to do the kingdom of God, we're going to do it the way Jesus did it. That is the good news. This is the pressing on. It is what freed Paul from all the righteous indignation he could muster and crucify other people to the point where he said, all I want you to do is follow Jesus. Come on, we'll do it together. So you will hear something odd in my voice every once in a while. I will say the word kingdom. Because my experience of the way that Jesus does the king is by serving the people. The kin factor is real. And we are called to it. My friends, on this Sunday, as we prepare to receive communion, I would ask that you would remember this. When we break the bread and share the cup, we are anew saying yes to Jesus, the king of the kingdom of God. And we will do it as he does it, for it has been the gift that has freed us into our glory of faithfulness, and joy. Won't you prepare your hearts and your minds to receive the bread and the cup on this day? The Lord be with you. <clears throat> Lift up your hearts. <clears throat> Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is a right and good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give you thanks, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. 
You delivered us from captivity and made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to the land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died, died. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us unite our voices in the prayer that Jesus teaches. Our Lord, Father, who Lord, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you Take and eat. The blood of Christ shed for you. Take and drink in remembrance. And now, Almighty God, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to rise and move into your world, may the fire that we feel in our hearts shown the light of Christ in our eyes. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Friends, we come to the point in our service where we take a few minutes to remember that the work of this church is because of you. And the way in which you offer your gifts and tithes and offerings make it possible. In my little head, there are two forms. One is to make sure that the bones, the skeleton, the foundation is sure and in good order. Because then when the muscles are attached, there is dancing in the kingdom. Amen? Today I share with you the good news that through this pandemic, we, your church, we have birthed a broadcast ministry. This is something we need to count on and we are grateful. So it is a privilege as a part of the bones of the church that we welcome Josh Howie back there. Everybody wave hi, Josh. <laughs> as our broadcast director. And he's going to help us move it forward and crank it up, and we are grateful. Now, would you join me in our traditional benediction as we share and encourage and move out? Let me share with you one other hint. The ushers will direct you out, and if you would be willing, if you would take your conversations to the parking lot, it would really allow those who need the safety of distance to move out in a great and helpful way. Let us join in our benediction. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen. <laughs>